Chris Machete this week on Do Did Will, the Story of People podcast. He's my best friend. We co-host live from Machete Comics together on the Cryer Media Network, which fully highlights all of his super talent and what a talent. He's one of the most talented people I've ever met. He creates his own comic book. He does commissions. He's got a hell of a journey. He helps kids. He's just there for the world. And he's just trying to inspire people to live their best life. He does it through art. He does it through music. He completely changed my life. And I know he's completely changing the lives of others. It's a great story. It's Chris Machete this week on Do Did Will, the story of people podcast. Oh, hey, what's going on there? It's Do Did Will, the story of people podcast for another week. Well, my best pal in the whole world, Chris Machete. The guy's got a hell of a story. We're going to talk a whole bunch about it. He's been on the show before during uh, the old incarnation of the show uh, when we were all locked down doing shit and we just talked on the back porch. But lots has happened since then. And uh, there's a lot going on with that guy. So cool. why not have a chat with you? What's going on, buddy? What are you up Might to? Well. I'm just getting mobile here, as we say, in the, you know, the world of cartooning and on comic books and entertainment. Yeah. So for the folks out there... Uh, listening and, and watching if you're so inclined um chris and i also uh do a thing on monday nights called live from machete comics which is a total blast where we we chat about you know everything pop mm-hmm. culture all the rest of it uh movies film wrestling and all the cool shit so you can join us over there on monday nights on the crier media network with our pals over there and it's uh it's a great uh it's a great chance to chat about some of the other stuff because i never get the chance to talk mm-hmm. about that stuff per se outside mm-hmm. of like when we do it on monday nights so that's a blast over there yeah there's a time limit when we're on our show there machete comics we have some rad guests too and you gotta let the guests talk right absolutely and our guests are uh they're 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 piling up over there too we got mm. some good ones coming on too so uh and with theme it's chris likes to run them in themes so we're doing like <laughs> all sorts of stuff so it's kind of rad um Jeez. all right so uh bare bones breaking it down uh chris mm. machete and i have known each other for a very 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 long time we're going back to like 93 94 uh we had a, a band together and just did a ton of stuff and had a blast together mm. and um in that time i one of the great discoveries of chris that uh that was really awesome was um I, i'd never met like a comic book artist before i, I was like what is this like like you know i never read a song like a proper songwriter before i was like chris had come and kind of blown my world up a little bit because at that point it was uh you know small town hockey players and uh <laughs> uh and music G- that was five years behind the yeah time. gm factory workers and all this kind of stuff which is great but it was just like it was that was what was in my space at that point in my world and 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 so we join a band and we get together and next thing you know it's like my world is thrown upside down and ever since then uh wow man it's been going on a long time so yeah. um it is do did will so why don't we uh Tell everybody, hey, Chris, uh, what do you do, man? What do I do? Well, I, again, as I said, I like to work in trilogies and I move quick. So I, uh, I, I'm i a triple threat is what I like to say. So I have my comic book company, Machete Comics. I have uh, a, a, a private, private school that I'm, I'm just just starting to uh, expand a bit on. It's, uh, it's uh, Chris Machete School for Gifted Youngsters. And I'm teaching comic book art to kids who don't get what they need out of the school systems. And um, the third one is one we discussed a bit. I do the podcast with you, my friend, live from Machete Comics. So yeah. there's, yeah, there's my workshops and stuff, right? And there's the, uh, there's the yeah. podcast. Yeah, I love helping the kids out. So I have to keep busy. So I, I have three things on the go at all the time. Some people think that's crazy, but that just, that just occupies my brain perfectly. So I can keep moving and shaking. Is it, is it in threes all the time? So is like, a, is it a hamster wheel that uh, doesn't stop like the rest of us? Because creatively, I can't, I, I, I'm creative in a different way, but you mm. are well, constantly I, yeah. writing and doing all these different things. So, I mean, is it got to be in threes or can it be in fives and sixes? Or is it uh, just- well, I've, I've narrowed it down because if I do too, too many, you know, like if I start saying, okay, now I'm going to start working on films or now I'm going to start advocating, you know, stuff uh, for the the homeless in my area or I'm going to start exposing this, you know, that's when I start getting crazy. So over the past five years or so, 
I have ADD, ADHD, or however you want to pronounce that. I deal with it my own way. And by narrowing down three things I'm really passionate about, one, I take care of the hamster wheel that's going on all up here. And uh, also I pay my bills, man. So it's cool. But I, um, I have given up music though. So there's another one that I've, I've scratched out of the three. And that is just something that adds to the anxiety that I've discovered that I can't do anymore, which sucks. But maybe I'll find my way around that. You never know. Right now I'm just focusing on on the three, right? What's, uh, which, which one of those three gives you the most joy? Drawing the comic books. Well, no, that's, a, that's, see, that's tough. I like them all. That's, I think that's why I do them all because I love drawing comic books and creative when I'm, when I'm by myself. Cause I'm, I'm a very, uh, you know, I, I'm, I grew up as the only child, so I'm used to being creative on my own. And that's why I think I thrive when I'm on my own, when I'm working on stuff like that. But also when I teach the kids now, cause I've, I've changed, I haven't had a music school since I've moved here. And I've just been privately teaching kids because one thing that I discovered from having a large music school is uh, you can't help everybody. And when I do have the option now to narrow it down and focus on a certain group of kids or parents or individuals, um, I enjoy that because some of these kids come in, man, and and they're picked on in school, for an example. Like I have one one kid who comes in, he's in grade three and he's being picked on by a grade six. And he doesn't know how to deal with that at all because he's at the age where his parents are like, well, everything's cool, man. You know, they're great parents. Like, you know, have fun. You should have fun. He gets to school and he's like, wait a minute, this is not fun. So he comes and they, plus they've cut the art programs out of the schools now, right? Around oh. here, it's now creative writing. And so they're, yeah, anyway, so there's, I'm getting a lot of kids who know, who can't get that outlet for their creativity. And that is kind of, I've just kind of walked into it. You know, I'm like the, the Pied Piper with the guitar and way cooler. Doo -doo -doo -doo. I just play the riffs and the kids follow me and they find me. And I found a great little, uh, well, I say my, my school now is, it's like the school for gifted youngsters. And the, the thrill I get out of that though, is just so rad. Cause these kids are awesome. I'd rather hang out with, with the kids and animals, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I love teaching the kids. And when, when I, do get that connection with them i can feel it and i this vibe i know it sounds weird but you know there's a vibe you get when you help a kid that's for sure yeah. that's for sure so it's it's really a toss-up and then doing the the podcast is, is where i can kind of expel you know i can talk really quickly about things that i love and i can give my opinion on some stuff uh so it's it that's like an outlet so i'm you see i'm 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 creating on my own there i am at a comic book store in town here SPT, who's just picked up my my program, um, the uh, yeah. So so I, I have the outlet for myself, my creati creativity. Um, I have to help people. Uh, I pick kids, and uh, I do have uh, like uh, food drives when I do my my productions mm. as well, my in stores, which is very important. And then I have my podcast with you, where I can hang out and you know kind of vent. <clears throat> so you can yeah. see it kind of helps all the different different personalities of me, I guess. Right, triple threat. Now the music side obviously was giving you anxiety, and we've mm. acknowledged that a lot on the other shows, yeah. with it, especially. And you know, we've had some bands on, and and the anxiety from from live. Where, mm. uh, and we talked about it privately, but oh yeah, but um, uh, I'm very public about where, it. Like I don't hide the, it. Where did the anxiety start? Because oh, when exactly we, when it started, I, I can almost pinpoint the moment that it started. Go on. Sorry, did you want to finish? Yeah, but, but but the part two to that is sort of like because when we. Uh, maybe you had the anxiety back in 94, but at that point, maybe it was masked with us partying and doing all this stuff. And there was a lot of things to distract from we potentially, young, there potentially was no being, 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 being stressed. But at what, yeah. So it, it really comes to like, like uh, the realization that your, your best friend is struggling, but you're like, where did, where did it start? Like, where did it actually This is a bit of a you? story, but I can tell you. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, wow. So I remember the exact moment. <clears throat> I was in the, the front passenger seat of our van, crammed in the van, Chuck Caliber, and there were six of us in there. And uh, I remember th and thinking to myself, wow, and this was the point when we were talking with Sony, two gentlemen from Sony. And I remember thinking to myself, looking out the window and watching that yellow line go by, yeah. man, like, like yeah. Sloan says, right? And it just hit me, is this what I want to do for the, like, for the next five to 10 years of my life? Cause I wasn't, we weren't getting along. It was the classic story. And we're right mm -hmm. at that point where it's like, okay, well, is this what you want to do or not? And that's what the gentleman, I won't name any names, but the one gentleman from Sony was telling me, is this what you want to do? And that was where you got to make your decision, man. And I, and I freaked out in the van. I started hyperventilating. I, ha I had to get them to pull over cause I was going to jump out. It was just, and it just hit me at that friggin' moment. It was terrifying. 
I've never, I've had anxiety playing shows, just performance, like, well, I'm nervous and I get on there, but I've never had that I'm going to jump anxiety. Now, to back up a bit what was going on in my mind, <clears throat> excuse me, from the band side of you, we had two, two suitors from Sony. And one was just, in my opinion, had no idea what was going on. He was just kind of going around and, and looking at what was popular and he was sure. following that trend. And then we had another gentleman who I actually really respected and he was coming to our shows and he was talking to me, only me, not anybody else. Okay, yeah. so we're not getting along in the band. We're paying our dues, we have been, we're, we're close, you know. They're coming to me. The other guys are like, hey, well, why aren't they talking to us? I don't know, man, I'll ask him next time. So I asked the dude next time. He goes, why the hell do I want to talk to those guys? He says, you're the guy I want to talk to. Like, okay, you know, younger Chris, woo, rock star. Let's do yeah. this, this is great. Yeah. I remember one time, uh, one of our bass players just said, well, I'm going to go up with you anyway. And uh, he came up with us and dude wouldn't even start talking to me. He's like, what do you want? Right to him, what do you want? Made him feel like an ass. So he walked away and this wasn't Dent. This was the other bass player. Sure. Um, I had parents of the uh, other in individuals of the band like calling me and asking me what was going on. Um, and the funny thing is, is that the gentleman that I was talking to through Sony, who I really uh, admired and who seemed to admire me, wanted to get rid of the three people in the band that I wanted to get rid of. Right. We had we had two bass players. We had three guitar players and a drummer. And he wanted me to get rid of both bass players and bring in a talent, as he said, bring in a talent. And he wanted me to get rid of uh, one of our guitar players was a little overbearing and was trying to sing a bit. And he, he couldn't stand him, could not stand him at all. Um, so he wanted me to remove these folks from the band. He's not anxiety. talking to them anyway. He's anxiety. Not like, you do so the anxiety things and we were good man like at this point too we were good like we were going into places and just demolishing people were other bands didn't want to go on after us because we were just demolishing we were this monster right um and but all the pressure was the thing i wanted now here's the thing too i wanted this as a kid growing up I was like dude yeah. this is what i want mm -hmm. and i'm getting it and i'm discovering that this isn't what i wanted the more i'm getting in there the higher it's building up right um, the less I'm enjoying myself and the more it's just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I just wanted to be alone reading comic books. That's all I wanted. Drinking just, I didn't even want to drink beer, but I, sorry, because I, I had so much uh, draft in me. So the anxiety from being so close to making it, yeah. the anxiety of wanting it since I was like six years old and the reality of being surrounded by people who who wouldn't have been able to uh, deal with what was coming on both scenarios. The, the scenario of the guys that were chosen to move on and the, the scenario of the guys who I would yeah. have had to remove. Could you imagine me after all that time and all this dedication saying, hey man, we made it. So you, you and you, you got to go. Well, and the funny part about that is like, number one, that never, that never crossed my email or desk either at that point, which when, you know, when it was, was all I, me, buddy, when I was attempting to be a manager, but the funny, the, it's funny that you bring this up because um, what we don't, and what is not talked about enough, I think in the, in the, in the side of it and considering how mental health is such a thing in our business, but mm. you know, when we were, we were going to either when we were going through that with machete or trying to make caliber break or, mm -hmm. or anything that I tried to manage at that point, uh, mm -hmm. even with like, you know, Joe and, and, and everybody from there, it was like, but can you handle it if it happens yeah. or do you actually want it? And it's funny that he, that, that the exec asked you that question because, um, in my brain as a man, as a manager or trying to be a manager at that mm -hmm. time, the, the whole thing is to move forward and try to actually get the deal, get it out, make it happen. But in the, that process and this is very interesting, but in that process, I don't think I ever, ever asked anybody if they actually wanted it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like, we're going to do this together. Let's go. This is a continuation of the machete thing. We, mm -hmm. I, we, we never made it with machete, but this one's going to go. And we never, I, I, oh, I, I did got, want it. Well, we all know. I think we, you know, it was known that we wanted it, but machete was again, but machete was the, uh, the high school 
to the or the college to the real life right you know what i mean machete yeah, was yeah. the college the college band where we played colleges and we played parties and it really didn't matter we had our jobs and our jobs sucked ass we had the worst jobs we'd ever have in our entire lives but that helped us because we were we were craving that weekend party and then we would show up and be the stars of that party or that bar and uh it was great that what a great way to make friends man I want to come back to this point on the on the on the what will you do section. Yeah, because I, I just have, want to end it off with one thing: is that it really bothers yeah. me that I can't do it anymore. Like it's not that I'm I'm like, ooh, I'm not doing it anymore. This is great. No, man. Like I still teach guitar to a few chosen, you know, again a few gifted youngsters. But you know, I see I grab my guitar occasionally. I'll go out in the back porch and I'll jam out some. Uh, oh, geez, I was like playing some old stuff from the '90s there the other day, man. It was just fun, you know. And I and then I'm like, damn, I wish I wish that I could do this, but I can't. Because as soon as I start thinking I'm going to put a band together, the next day I wake up and I think, wow, am I ever glad I didn't text anybody? <laughs> am I ever glad I didn't commit to anything, right? And I've, I've told my wife that if I ever get back into it again, she's allowed to punch me as hard as she wants. You know, the thing is, is that with that creative hamster that you have, though, and I, I think about it all the time, too, I desperately mm -hmm. miss playing drums and, and doing yeah. stuff. And I'm always kind of like... And when I'm on tour, occasionally I'll try to find a like a studio somewhere and just pop in for an hour and just bang out just to get the light out a bit. But I'm I I much like yourself, I have no interest in the actual like um, putting something together and trying to go make it. I mean, oh, funny thing is, no. is, I get to see it on the other side now, so I get mm. to see how the bands are actually not necessarily treated, but it's yeah. I get to see sort of like the schlag of the day that I never like I saw it a bit as a tour manager. Because I was tour managing bands mm -hmm. trying to make it. So it was a fucking slog. Oh. But seeing bands that have made it mm -hmm. and seeing what they're going through daily. Right. And even the side guys like in Guns N' Roses or like a side guy with Dragons or a si the, the side yeah. band with Shakira or the side band with 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 whoever. Mm -hmm. Anybody else that's just a higher gun or, or whatever and watching what they have to go through on a daily basis. I'm like, why in the fuck would I ever wanted to do this to Dude, begin with? The you only know? the only way, the only possible way I would ever be a rock star. Yeah. If somebody said to me here, dude, you can be a rock star is if it was nineteen seventy four. Right. I know. It's not today, so man. That. Not today. <laughs> But I think uh, I think it's uh, you know it, it's it's healthy for you as a creative person regardless. I think still I think you writing music and stuff. I think oh, I'd be, love to, I'd would, love to would, just play guitar in a band. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just go, I would love to do that band where I play one show a year. You know, Chris Machete plays this summer yeah. gig once a year, and and I have the guys that actually I've offered to do that, and, sure. and I just get down to it and I start writing the set list down, and then I get all and then anxiety hits, man. But anyway, my final point on that is that it does bother me. It, it does. And I do want to play again. And I'm still trying to figure out a way to do that. Maybe I'm going to be 70. And that's what I'll make my comeback. How did you do it, man? And I'm talking about, let's specifically yeah, talk about Machete thing? Com. Let's talk, talk first on the Machete comic side, uh, okay. as far as your, your, the talent to draw in that, because I, that is like a talent that's greatly eluded me is any kind of artistic talent when it comes to drawing or any anything mm -hmm. like that but you've got these incredible commissions that you've done mm -hmm. uh, this thing went viral on yeah on, that was a good on, one on the old twitter there with cody cody, cody uh you oh, did yeah, we just had our, them on our pal uh that was a gary fun project yeah. but like you just you put out three comic books which we'll get into but uh, yeah. tell this story about how you actually uh did it and i'm going to show the bio from your from your website as you do it okay yeah Okay, so we so start with I, this. This is, yeah. you know. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I, uh, man, I remember I was, I was probably like kindergarten. I think it was. I stayed, I was homesick from school. And my dad bought me home, brought me home like a stack of Spider-Man comic books. Like seriously. And this was in the seventies, of course. And, uh, cause I'm 50 now. And I was just, I was so hooked on these. And then I discovered that there was a cartoon and there's the Batman show, but it all started with Spider-Man. I've always just been hypnotized by the art from back in the 70s and the 60s. Jack Kirby was somebody who, the way he brought Stan Lee's ideas to life has always stuck with me. And I've always, go, I still go back to that. Again, sidebar, like when's the last time they've created a new character? Yeah, yeah that's these, great stuff. These right? old when's comic the last, books. These old when's the last time they've created a new character? Spider-Man is from the 60s. Batman's from before that, you know. I think Deadpool might be the newest one. He's from the 90s. And he's just lucky that he got in there. But um, 
I've always had a passion for creative storytelling. And then again, being uh, an only child by myself, I kept myself occupied with my Spider-Man toys and just creating little little uh, episodes for them in my basement. And then, of course, being in a smaller town, man, I love hockey. I still love hockey. I'm Canadian. I was tell, you know, there I am there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> bottom, bottom uh, left there, second in, right beside the, the big goalie there. Yeah, there and the hair is almost the same. It's close, it's, right? It's, it's close. Oh, it's I was still loving there. rock. I was like huge Kiss fan back then. Still and it's funny guitar. that your, co- your coach in the middle there. Uh, yeah, Larry got Robinson. That, but he's got that um, he's got that jacket and those jackets are still sold now. Wow, because we have a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. We still have Anyways, a couple of those. Yeah. So yeah, so right. I played hockey, man. I was on like the rep team and oh man, we played like, you know, three times a week driving all over the place. My dad loved it. I loved it. I, I could still play hockey. I love hockey. Like people ask about me, it's like, I'm Canadian. I play hockey and I drink beer and I like comic books. So that was tough though, because being in the small town, you know, like it's... And this is being back before comic book stuff was cool. I was the nerd because I read comic books. So yeah. as soon as I found that out, you know, play, you play with toys. It's I, I hid everything. So I couldn't let anybody, none of my friends know that I like comic books and, and drawing and even more so into school, you know. That was not something that people got behind as teachers would, you know. As me now, I'm like telling kids, you can have a career in this. Just create characters, draw, keep doing, keep doing. And I remember being in grade three. This is my, my story I tell everybody. But in grade three... Um, I was drawing a picture of Spider-Man. I remember this so vividly. This is, again, another one of the anxiety tippers for me as a kid, right? Triggers. So I'm drawing Spider-Man. I was really proud of it. Teacher came along, caught me. She was a a big lady, right? And she picked up my picture and she's like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Unlike her to say that she liked something like this. She brought it in front of the class. Look at the picture of the Christer of Spider-Man. Oh my gosh. And she ripped it and like, twice three times and threw it in the garbage in front of all the no kids right no way yeah so it's like and she said nobody wants to look at your pictures of spider your drawings of spider-man chris back to work right so nowadays so i always tell that story to, to kids and adults that's kind of like my story again an anxiety trigger right so sometimes i again it's wild because i, I like drawing late at night when everybody's kind of done their day and i feel like i'm kind of sneaking it in there you know what i mean um can you imagine again, that happening now no you wouldn't exactly craziness right but no wonder our generation it's got a little bit of like i Gen mean x, yeah well people would are also X-Kin. like go hit the kid and they, our, our society is like you know uh, rough right now because you can't uh, discipline these kids and and uh, we need a feelings room now and all, it's just a funny kind of thing mm. but kids, i couldn't imagine like my kids coming back and this story of like well i oh, spent yeah, right. all day on this project and my teacher believes that uh, i need to go uh, work in a factory so he ripped up my fucking mm-hmm. like thing that would just traumatize a kid oh dude well so then let's move later on to high school where uh i i, I quit in grade 11 grade 10 and grade 10 10 beginning of 11 uh i went back and so i was gonna go to the joe kubert school here i wanted to go there to go to a comic book school I was like this this point in time this was the only one in the world in the states so i had to go back and do my you know when you you, you get your uh supplement for your adult yeah. learning yeah. high school diploma so you go in and you write a test and i did the test and i just scraped by and uh i remember the teacher there she was a gym teacher slash uh what social worker what do they call those teach guidance counselor guidance counselor okay yeah. and the last thing she said to me is chris if i had a daughter I wouldn't let her sit beside you if I saw you somewhere. And secondly, this is if you think you're going to play guitar for a living, you're crazy. So this because at this point I was going to be a rock star, right? It's, it's so because I had the look. She thought I was. I just wanted to be a rock star. So I, I didn't tell her I was going to be a comic book artist or anything right. like that. So that was the last thing that she said to me before I left high school. So we've got this grade three teacher and this guidance counselor. Oh, they and they harassed me all through high school. I wasn't like I wasn't kind of asking for it, but I can remember being stopped in the halls by teachers and them pushing me against the wall and saying, why are your eyes dilated and blah, 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 all these big words, uh, basically telling me that I was stoned and I was high, right? And just pinning me against the wall, like just, you know, and uh, the treatment that I got wasn't, uh, well, it didn't encourage me to do anything other than get the hell out of there. So then I did get into the Joe Kubert school, which was great, man. I, it was it wasn't college, woohoo! It was college, like, hey, man, you're living in a in a town in in New Jersey that has a ten o'clock curfew because of violence. Your school has a, a security barrier uh, that you have to get buzzed in on, a security guard on the inside, and right across the street, yeah, that house with a, a mattress for a door, that's a crack house. Um, so I 
got in late as well. And uh, a long story there about mail being lost. But I ended up getting a place to live with this old lady. And it was just up the street. I was just like renting a bedroom from her in this this place. It was infested with with roaches, cockroaches, dude. I had like the pen, like a pentagram around my bed of like roach traps so I could keep them off of me. So I go to this place, man. So I'm going from one terrible learning experience to when I'm thinking, all right, college, professional, adult, here we go. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? This is going to be great. And it's not. I'm like walking down the street and being just this fresh-faced Canadian kid with the hair. You know, now we're hitting the grunge era, right? Yeah, well, there's, that was just before I, that was like probably a year before I left. So my hair was cut off to my shoulders at that point. Um, and there's, you know, little Eddie Vedder walking down the street yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, you know, smiling at people and they just stop and kind of just shove into you like, Whoa, okay. Uh, walk home another way. And there's a bunch of, you know, Hey, Oh, I say you don't belong here. White bread. No, no, no. You can't walk down this street, man. It's like, are they serious? <laughs> so this is my first month. I'm just like, what the actual F I come from a purely white neighborhood, not white area thrown into where I'm the only white guy yeah. in the whole the whole I would say almost it felt like the whole town you know what I mean and when the teachers at school found out where I was living they took extra care with me and were like whoa yeah did you get everything get your homework done oh geez okay that's great well you know just take it easy huh did you, you get shot with, last night dude, some of them were <laughs> invite like they would invite me over for dinner and everything yeah. man because they felt so worried about me because it was such a bad part of town so um you learn quick holy smokes man I did not look at people in the eye when I walked down the street. I would look at the, the pavement just to see if anybody was stopping me. It was crazy. But that's how I got my discipline, man. And if you want to do something that's fun, you need discipline. You know, you don't think Connor McDavid was playing hockey like every extra moment he had. That's what I did growing up. I drew on the back of my tests. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I drew at home. I created characters. The character that I'm using now, Skeletron, I, I created when I was 15 years old. How did you learn old, that, dude? though? Because we don't didn't have the internet back then. So was there books to to show no, you that was how to thing. draw? Like draw? Or you had well, there learn? was. There was like the Marvel way. There were some books of anatomy. And I had all those. And that was really, really cool, you know? But it wasn't like, you know, you could specifically find the reference. Like nowadays, man, I, you need a reference for a 75 Camaro. You put it on the screen, yeah. you got it. Yeah. And you need that. That was another thing I learned was that, you know, we're not all brilliant. We can't just envision what a, a penthouse looks like in 1982. Right. You got to You got to reference this stuff. So that was another thing that, that, that I learned. Just the, the discipline and the professionality that I learned from the Joe Kubert school being taught by actual people in the industry. So I'm going by these teachers that were pulling like, you know, bully the bully thing on me, like pushing me around and pulling rank on me to yeah. these uh, these people they weren't teachers. These were professionals and they were guiding me. You know what I mean? They were telling me, telling me what to do, how to do it. And then you go through this, you know, your three hours of homework, you come in the next day, you're exhausted, but you got it done. And they're like, yeah, you know what? It's a B minus. What kind of homework, what kind of homework is that? The joke you were Oh dude. So they'd give you a, for one thing, just one example, they would give you a script. Okay. So in okay. panel one, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have a guy riding into a quiet town on a horse. They give you the setting, whatever. I can't remember, you know, back in the Western days, you got a, you got a, a white gentleman riding in on a horse with a handlebar mustache. They describe him to a T, right? So then you draw that in the first panel, second panel, you know, the horse, the, the guy, the guy on the horse gets shot close up of the the guy on the, on the horse and then close up of the horse itself kicking backward. All right. And then we wanted another panel of the guy lying down, you know, clutching his chest, in the background is the horse taking off. So you know that he's on his own now, he's trapped. Final panel is a ground view from behind the feet. This is an exact one, I remember this one because I loved it. A back view from behind the feet and you get their little uh, their little spurs. Yeah. And and then in the, in the background is the, the guy like just kind of holding up his hand going, no, wait. So you know, you know what I mean? Like guy comes into town, it's nice and quiet. You know what, he gets sniped, he falls off, his horse leaves him there on his own. He's surrounded by the bad guys. Boom. So you have to show all that and you have to do that at night. So you finish school. You got to do that at night. Also, you have to fill a page with eyeballs that look exactly like eyeballs. And then on top of that, you've got to do a little bit of lettering, little bit of lettering, not much, but just a little bit of lettering. So you're looking at like four hours of homework that night, right? Wow. 
and a lot of people wouldn't get it done. But what they were teaching you was a deadline. Like, yeah. And that's how you, you like, okay, it's not done. Okay. Well then you get an F at so, least you, you finished yeah. it. You got a, you got a B minus, you got a C plus, but you finished it. And they'd hype like, good for you. Good job. Yeah. They gave me a C minus. You know, you finished it. Good That's work. That's the key. The Good key work. is that you finish it. But my, when you go into that school mm-hmm. and, uh, okay, so you have designs to be, to maybe work for Marvel or work for DC. I did or, at that or, time. Or, or yes. work for something. And do they, do they say to you, come to this school and then you probably can go work there. Kind of like when you go to like a university and like, if you come and take this course, there's a good chance you're going to be a biochemist or there's yes, going to be. And I did. And I did right. my, my, the end of my very first year, I got paid to do inking for one of my teachers who just gave me a shot. Right. And then from there on, it was somebody above saying, and then the next year was just like, Hey man, here's like five pages, go eat. And then there was a, and then the next thing I know I'm getting handed uh, McFarland pencils for a puzzle. Because uh, this old school teacher didn't like the new style pencils of McFarlane. Meanwhile, I'm like fanboying. You know what I mean? Like, like real literally, right? Like, you know, like, holy crap. Seriously. He's like, oh, I can't stand this new artist. He's, he's, look at how big he does Spider-Man's eyes and the webs are everywhere. It's like, <sighs> yeah. And so some Swamp Thing stuff. But the inking. Um, so, yeah, not only. Well, you were being taught by people that you were in. the. You look at the comic yeah. go, oh, I'm going to get taught by this guy. Are you kidding me? Like, that's what I was doing. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I got there. And, of course, there's only two other Canadians in the school, right? Um, and that was another thing. It's just the culture shock of all that. You know, A, man, did they ever give it to me. It was great. Like, it was actually really fun because, you know me, I'm a smart ass myself. So once I got comfortable with everybody, it was pretty easy to not to hit them back. Yeah. I, I It's just fascinating to me, that space, because then I, I guess my, my question from there becomes then, like, what were your options? What? Is it inking, or do you take do you do you sorry do you take it from the, this this work that's being sent to you, and then you can do that full time for the rest of your life, or is there a mission to like do these things, and then we're going to introduce you to these people, and then you're probably going to be full time for Marvel? Like, how does that? What's that? What is that? What is that sort of? Well, like? yeah, it's different now because now you can't even send work in. Marvel chooses you. Mm, interesting. But no, this was the fast line into DC and into Marvel. They would have uh, like sessions where the final year students would come in and show their work to you know publishers from Marvel and DC. I remember Jim Shooter coming in from back in the day. That was huge. There was always Marvel guys coming in. I was taught. I had a uh, man. I was a month of lessons from uh, the Hildebrandt brothers. One of them, I can't remember which one it was, but they did that classic Star Wars poster we love mm-hmm. so much, dude. Like, yeah. So I'm, you're you're just you're not even thinking about getting a job because you're already being taught by these guys you idolize. It's like going to going to uh, guitars uh, college or university and having Slash come in and teach you for two weeks. It's, it's That's mm-hmm. exactly what it's like, dude. So, and again, like any other college thing, you get majors, you find you're better at certain things. I had no idea I was gonna be good at inking. I had no clue. <clears throat> Actually, I thought I was gonna be a penciler. Now, I, now I'm both, I do everything because of modern day. Sure. Um, but but back then, I didn't think I was going to be an anchor. It was just the teachers started really complimenting me. Everybody started complimenting. Students would be like, hey, man, how do you do that? And I would just ink a little something for them. And then next thing you know, a teacher saying, hey, want to finish off this page for me? You know, I finish off the page in class and get it done for him, hand it in and give it. He's like, right on. You just did. Uh, this is going in swamp thing. It's like. Dang! Wow. Do you so get paid? Like a, do you get paid for that? Do you get paid? I event, well for, not for that well one. For that? No, 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 no. But after that, yeah, I started. Getting, that's why. So when I was finished uh, school, um, I went through. Well, personally, I, ha- I had a girlfriend at the time that I was with for a long, long, long time, and uh, like you know, like the seven-year girlfriend kind of thing. And then that ended. That was life-changing for me. So it was kind of like. And then my dad's um, was uh, his car dealership was was not doing that well. He was leaving the city at their town I was from, you know, it was just like, Oh man, I can't go back there. <laughs> so it's like, what do you do? You look towards punk rock. Yeah. And I heard green day, uh, while I was just doing my homework, I met a friend in New Jersey that introduced me to green day and I always played guitar. And I was like, man, I can do that. I can do that. I need to vent. This is bad. First time I was without a girlfriend too, for, uh, like seven years, as I mentioned. So Holy cow. Part of me is kind of like, all right, gone to college, had the girlfriend, it is time to party proper. So I went to, yeah, so I moved to, to Caesarea. Caesarea. <laughs> Man, there's like, what, like population 37 or something, right? Yeah. So I'm, I went there. So they're going from another extreme, right? To go from the only white guy in the neighborhood again to go to... Nothing else. All white people who are even more backwards than where I was with before yeah, that. Yeah. It's like even more... 
Yeah. Um, so, wow. So, well, I just partied, dude. Well, I met you. We put a band together, Mr. Machete, and we, that's now we're full circle, right? Now I'm back around again. And I partied. And it was fun. That was the thing is when we started Mr. Machete, it was just a vent for me. And we discovered that the three of us really clicked. Yeah. We, I loved hanging out with you guys. You guys are my best friends. We had our own little, because, you know, you guys really didn't have any click or any kind of your thing before I moved there. And then when I moved there, we just kind of started our cult of Machete. It was just different. It was just different. It was just like, you know, it's like anybody else. It's like you, uh, we talk about uh, people that are guitar and non-guitar. Mm-hmm. You have to be taught to come out of that. Like, you know, if you're, if, if all your options around are just the people that are there, mm-hmm. then you don't, you know, as I said at the beginning of this show, like this was the first time uh, I, I really had an outsider in my life, mm-hmm. right? Where somebody was like, you did what? And you do, huh? And yeah. you, you write and like, that's just not something, you know, uh, that you have in your life full time that, and you know, I had people in my life at that point. And obviously uh, the, 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 the go back, you know, the modern day Braves and, and Dave, and like there was bands around that we could hang out with and sort of get that thing. But no one was from the outside. You were like the first outsider to come in. Why are you here? Well, yeah, like, you know. <sighs> Uh, your spaceship landed and you got off and yeah, came in and, and walked into Max Milk. But it was yeah. it, it was like the first outsider thing. So um, I had to be guitared. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I was very non-guitar at that point. I had I, to be, I just, I, I gave you be, guys the gumption to actually leave Port Perry and check other things out. Is, is what more like, you know, look, there's a music scene here. There's this here. And not only is there a scene here, but we can be a part of it, right? It's like... So I know. So you're like, okay. And your vision was like playing cover tunes. Yeah, we'll play cover tunes. Because, you know, remember my dad was in a cover tune band and my other friends were playing cover tunes and that's how they got their first gig. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's a whole other scene out there that we can be a part of. And that's when, you know, Dent was like, wow, I can actually have friends and, you know, go out in social circumstances. And you were like, wow, there is another world out there that I want to be a part of. And I was like, I just need, you know, I was a lonely dude who just like was kind of crushed and was like, I got a vent. I need some friends to help me vent. And, and it worked out perfectly. And then it brought me around to, and then we're back to, you know, having that high school or having, yeah, there we are. Right. There you go. You have the, you have the, as I do the air quotes, the college band and that evolved to having the real life band in Chuck caliber where you're really trying to, this is it, yeah, man, I'm yeah. going for it. And there's a big difference between the two. I, I, I don't think personally I would have um, survived. I think I would have done some really, really bad things. I mean, like drug wise, I don't think I would have hurt anybody. Um, not on purpose. Not, I wouldn't have been one of those guys, but I definitely would have gotten into the partying excessively. On top of what we were already doing. (laughs) Oh dude, it would have been like, that's what I mean. Like it would have been really bad. Really bad. I know it's so, it's such an interesting, uh, uh, I mean, it's finally, I guess in essence caught up to me. Kind of, uh, you know, made up for it. I definitely made up for it, but, um, but it was an interesting sort of like, um, time. And, uh, and I just remember being like enamored with your talent. I remember just being like, God, this guy draws, he writes music. And, and it, it definitely taught me about, you know, aliens will come from another place and they will change <laughs> your life. And, and people, you know, as you, as we joke about, but, yeah. uh, it was a funny kind of, uh, time and, and, you know, you were playing music at that time and, and you got these great guitar lessons online oh, that actually yeah. taught me some stuff. I'm getting some massive numbers, like, like 49,000 people. Uh, keep you trying know. to drag me back in, man. Yeah. I know it's like, see, this is the thing is, and I see this and I'm like, why are I still doing this? And then but I start doing it no, and I remember the, the yeah. anxiety is just nuts. And it's weird to tell, like, whenever I mention this to musicians who are still doing it, they yeah. just look at me like, oh, I know. But I know they, a lot they of guys don't want to sh- talk about it, though. They almost are like, yeah. oh, like, like, uh, a lot of like, guys. Uh, Rody from Protest yeah. the Hero, man. Um, we were talking about it because Luke doesn't play anymore and we all came up together again. Yeah. And I and I missed Luke that Luke was there. The new gentleman that, that is in filling in, that is in his place now is an amazing dude. I can't remember his name, but what a great guy. And a student of Luke's, which is even funnier. And he kind of looks like a mini version of him. This is wild. But I miss seeing Luke there. And mm-hmm. uh, he's publicly said too, you know, it's anxiety. Um, but I don't hide it. I used to hide it. I used to just say, oh, no, I'm coming back. Oh no, I'm just taking a break. And I felt like an ass. And now when everybody asks me about it, I'm just, I'm so, I, I, I don't mind talking about it anymore. But I can tell when I talk to gentlemen, uh, just folks who are still performing, that I quit because of anxiety and they just get that look like, because <sighs> I can tell they get it too, but they're fighting it and fighting it, you know? Like, uh, I have these bands that are opening up, like these bands that are opening up for like all these other bands. 
And I, I talk to them. I try to talk to these, the, the, all the opening acts to find out what their mm. journey is currently and how are they doing it. And like Mother Mother opened for Imagine Dragons all last year. That's a band that's actually doing two to 3,000 people on their own everywhere they went. Mm. They blew up on TikTok and they were getting like a solid guarantee. We never got those, but they were getting like a solid guarantee to open up. And it's still a fight. And mm. so I go, I go, holy shit. Like this band just did 40 shows with one of the biggest bands in the world opening up and doing 3000 selling things out on their own and talking to Ryan, like the singer, he's like, oh man, I gotta, you know, it's just, I gotta keep going or the stress wheel goes. And I'm like, it just, it never ends. James Hetfield from Metallica is like, hey guys, I'm shutting it down. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what's his name from Oshawa there? The, uh, the pop kid, uh, 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 all the girls like, not Beaver, but um, Drake. There's a no, not Drake, but there's another one. Oh my God, my oh. God, will kill me for this. Uh, Sean Mendez, he's oh. like, just cancels everything. Like a giant world tour. No, I can't handle it. You know, Derek went through it with some 41. So it's a very interesting thing. So you're not alone in that. And uh, kudos, no, I know. That's what I say. Every time that. I mention it to other musicians, man, they just look at it like, oh. So we move on to what will you do next, man? There's lots going on. You've got this amazing, uh, the first thing I want to touch on for everyone listening at home, you're not going to be able to see this, but people watching, um, Chris put out Skeletron, which is like a dream come true for him, uh, putting out his own comic book, which is just incredible. Um, uh, just again, there's some of that storyboarding that we were talking about. I I think it's uh, such a feat. Such a feat because you know, this is the only thing I've got creative out in the world is this show. <laughs> so it's amazing to watch yeah. and a bit of the music that we did, but it, to watch that happen. But you're doing a ton of things. So the plan, what will you do next? What's your plan here? Well, I'd love for my comic book to uh, go to animation next and then, of course, go to like a TV show or film. That'd be great. Uh, it's in 10 issue segments. Um, just a little more uh, funding to get behind it, right? And then I can keep it going regularly. You know, I'm just a dude who pays the bills with with uh, his uh, air quote talents. You know, it's, I'm very thankful that I can do it. But it's it's a struggle sometimes, especially after COVID, you know, like just coming back. Um, I'm doing doing good now, man. Things are like pounding now. But um, it, obviously, if I'm going out and doing seminars with kids and workshops, it's slowed down over COVID. No, they don't want to go online after they've just been on there all day. So it's great that I'm back out there. I want uh, my school, not my school, because I don't like to call it, well, School for Gifted Youngsters, I guess. I want my art program for the Gifted Youngsters kids to just reach the right people. That's I don't even care how big that is. I, I actually segregate my, my classes to only to four to six students because I want them to get the proper yeah. attention from me and the proper care from me. So I would I would want my comic book to go as far as it can go. I, I, I have a whole universe plan for that thing, man. You know, I, I'm always planning. I'm way ahead on that. And uh, the school, I just want to help the kids, really. That's what I get out of that. I, I usually make enough money to pay the bills with, with a lot of the school and the artwork. Mm-hmm. So as long as the kids are getting what they need from what I want to teach them and they are and I'm reaching them and I'm finding these kids it's like Professor Xavier man I'm trying to find these kids who need me these kids are being bullied in school these kids who aren't getting uh, the proper attention to their talents because of whatever reason whatever situation those kids are in it's not the kids fault what situation they're in and a lot of people don't understand that it's like wow a kid that kid's kind of a you know he doesn't talk to anybody he just sits there you know he won't even look in my eyes when when I'm talking to him well you know He's a kid, man. There might be a reason for that. And kids can't deal with things the same way adults do. And if I don't help some of these kids, they're going to turn out, uh, they're going to be a little messed up and they're not going to reach their full potential that they could as a gifted youngster. So I'd really like that that responsibility on though. Like, uh, uh, like obviously you want to see the success of these kids Mm. roll and you Mm. want to see them like, uh, excel and, 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 all that, but getting back to the anxiety side, mm. uh, as you balance through your own anxiety and trying to be creative, and but you're also you've taken you've taken this on a bit. You've taken on this this project to mm-hmm. inspire these kids and get through it. Yeah. Does that add to your anxiety, or does it? No, it's the opposite. Because what I have is controlled. It's controlled, and it's everything that I've set my 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 triple threat that I've set myself up with. I can handle, and as I mentioned, I kind of need to do it for different parts of me. Um, the teaching with the kids that I need to do because I need to help. I, that's yeah. my position in life. I've always felt. I've you know what I say to people. Hey man, I'm here to help. That's my slogan. I'm here to help. But what I want to do now is narrow that help down to the kids that really really need it. And as I mentioned, there are a lot out there that really, really need it. 
You know, so uh, it's uh, and, and I will take on that responsibility for two hours a week. Um, I don't mind because I've I haven't I don't can't recall like having any devastating misses like having a kid come to my yeah. school and being you know um, other than they were they were they're a little bit spoiled or whatever and didn't didn't just didn't want to learn but that's a whole other spectrum that's just um, maybe a kid getting a little too much too easy not having to work for it uh, that I've swung and missed with because I've I've declined on teaching them but I, I can't recall swinging and missing with a kid that comes in won't talk to anybody their eyes are down you know like they don't they leave with their head held high I can't recall having a swing and a miss with those my friends so I really like the challenge um, I know that I can reach them if they're into comic books and drawing if they're into sports uh, and cars I don't think I can help them but the majority of these kids are young and they're creative and they want to exp- and they want to express themselves through art and ideas for someone like yourself that's as creative as they are and you you're designing these out and you've got this opportunity whether it be online whether it be youtube whether it be sort of all these places that didn't exist when you first started doing this is it easier now or more difficult for you to go it's way easier it's way easier because advertising is right here on my phone yeah i just you know every other morning i'll spend uh you know I'll, i'll spend a few hours on there just loading stuff up on all my my uh my different channels on there um i can advertise for my in-store that i did there at sbt comics it's all free too you know uh you get that buzz going and also just for for drawing purposes for just being able to bring anything i want to draw up on the internet oh man yeah and then but going back just quickly to the anxiety of the three things i've chosen them so carefully and naturally progressed to them because there's other things I want to do, but I focus on these three for certain reasons. Um, if I don't have anything on the go, I'll get anxiety. So if, if, if it's such a crazy balance, right? So knowing that these three things, I had, knowing that I'm doing a podcast on Monday, knowing that I'm doing a workshop on Sunday, knowing that on the end of the month, I'm doing a spoken, I'm the guest of honor at a Frankenstein event that I'm getting paid for. Knowing that I'm doing all these things, and it's my name and I've gotten the gigs myself and I'm, ba- I'm my own boss for these. No, that that keeps me going, right? If I get up in the morning and it's like, hey, Chris, you've got nothing going on this month. Then the anxiety flows because then I'm like, you can feel yourself bleeding money, right? But uh, as again, um, since COVID's been over, I've, I've nothing but busy. Yeah, Frankenstein uh, workshop there. That's at the Grand Theater, which is a great gig, right? And then the issue four release of Skeletron and there's more things coming up that aren't on there. Yeah. There's lots going on, mm-hmm. but in, just lots. in my three segments there, right? See, in I your could, three segments, yeah. I could have a band on the side. I could have. Uh, I couldn't know, imagine you adding album. a band. I couldn't imagine at this point. I couldn't imagine you at this point adding Anything. band practice at this and, no. and phases. And I could see it from like a standpoint of like, hey, you're actually going to play a gig with uh, protest and those guys, and you're going to have some fun, yeah. and that's cool. Like you know, you put together something, but um, I couldn't imagine you adding that knowing what you're trying to balance right now. I'd but, rather play um, hockey. I'd rather play yeah. hockey than play in a band right now, to be honest with you. As I mentioned to Mark. Yeah. How good was there that go. hockey player right there? What number were you? 15? Is that 15? 15. Always yeah, yeah. 15. Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, I did well. I was on the top line. I was right wing. Um, Look at those Cooperalls you're wearing. <laughs> yeah, a few of us had wearing the long stuff. pants for <laughs> hockey. Anyone listening, he's got the, the long pants. Uh, you know yeah. what I want to see? Well, outside of all these comic books going and... Mm-hmm and exploding but i i definitely think that um people need to also like chris is doing these like commissions and this is like the coolest thing in the world and uh, that i think people need to understand that like chris also does these really rad extra things that you that you know you can he can draw you anything and and i'm i'm i really would love to see cody and some of these guys put this stuff up for auction chris did a, a picture for cody rose from wwe and and have that like go to charity. That would be a great thing. I'd love to see happen, mm. you know, in that space. Uh, just because I just feel like everyone's everyone ha- like that's talented needs to have their moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They need to have that. It's not the 15 uh, seconds of fame. It's not all that. It's just that moment where it's like, yeah, everything I've worked for, everything I've done. And that commission from Cody just made a hundred grand for charity or something that would be great that's my wish at this point given how far you're pushing ahead on these things is to see all these things hit at the same time which is a big giant journey to that moment but i feel Mm. like it's coming i feel like it's like months away from just like hitting so it's a a very cool feeling 
I can feel the wave is rising. The wave is is rising here with behind Machete Comics, which is great. I'm getting a lot more attention. As I say, more people are. I'm not. I, you know, I I just kind of put the gigs out there for the workshops, and and people are the kids are coming. You know, it's good. Well, we'll wrap. It is uh, Do Did Build a Story of People podcast. What a story uh, my friend Chris Machetti has. It's been amazing. And we can do four Thank more you. hours of all these other things. So uh, direct people to all the places and we'll send them there. Yeah, uh, it's just want to go to machetecomics.ca. Uh, Tons of stuff on there. All the commissions that we talked about. Merch store today. I purchased my machete mug and I purchased oh, thank my you. long sleeve uh, my long sleeve shirt today Ooh, uh, from nice. there. So that they should be arriving in the mail uh, momentarily. So we'll get Very that up cool. there. Um, tons of cool stuff. You can buy all the comics on there as Christmas. Yeah, He's got other pictures. Brand new. Lots uh, of stuff on there. This is your October. Yeah, and there's a couple things that just got added. I think that aren't on there, but uh, yeah, there's oh, there's one other event on there I, that coming up that I believe. Oh yeah, something else has happened. I think it's just a workshop or something. But yeah, and then November is coming together as well. Whew. Yeah, Excited. it's a great thing. Um, you can see Chris on TikTok and Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. You can join us every Monday night on uh, Machete Comics. Join him especially. I'm not always available, but I try to be as best mm. as possible given the tour schedule. But Monday nights yeah, on the Crier busy. Media Network, uh, live from Machete Comics, which is building some major steam. Number one in Saudi Arabia for a couple of weeks. Pretty yeah. rad. Uh, uh, and anyways, uh, any parting words of wisdom from Chris Machete for our listeners and watchers, oh, my friend? Man, too many. I don't know, man. Too many humans. What are you guys doing? <laughs> That's right. Be better humans. I just don't understand these humans. Yeah, be good to people, man. I don't know. You know, I was all, you know me, man. I was always like, take care of everyone. You got to like, look out for everyone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sad to say, I don't know if because I'm in a bigger area and I'm seeing more and more people, but I'm back to the whole inner circle, man. Get your cult and clan together and make sure you look after them with all your blood and all your sweat and all your tears, man. But uh, you can't help everyone. That's my motto now. You really can't. And I've wasted so much of my blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, you got to get your cult together, right, Brent? Remember, we had our Absolutely. inner circle, man, and we helped each other out tenfold growing up. So I don't care how old you are, recognize, man. And a uh, good thing my, my brother Zig used to say, uh, if you're not willing to go the extra extra mile for that person or even just sit down and listen to their, their stuff, their bullshit, then, then you're making a choice for them not to be your friend. If they're your friend... You listen to everything they've got to say and you back them up. So you got to make a choice, man. There are people that'll, that'll tell you stuff and you'll be like, I got to cut this person free. Keep them close to you. Blood, sweat, and tears for them. Peace and love, my friends. Party on and be excellent to each other. Good times. Rad dudes. That's Chris Machetti. This is Do Did Will, the story of people podcast on the Cryer Media for another week. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Cheers. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.